Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Reese. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And welcome back. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and folks, I've taken darn near a month off here to, uh, well, gosh, Christmas and everything that goes on with your family, and like everybody else, I am trying to prioritize always at this era, this stage of my life, but at every stage of our lives, we should try to prioritize and uh, put, you know, my dad always said, God first, family second, job third, and, you know, heck, that's what I put all my time into, but I am glad to be back now after a wonderful break, and uh, it's time to get rolling again, and what I have been able to do in uh, it's a recharging my batteries and to get this bit of rest is I've got a focus that uh, I did not have toward the end of the year when I was, was so tired and um, golly, I've got a good plan, I believe. And I, I want to tell you about it today and uh, I want to read something first and you'll be familiar with this, but uh, it, it, it's time. And I want to talk to you about the focus or, Name of a program is Stand Up and Save Our Sport. And, uh, yeah, our sport looks like it's rolling in many ways. Uh, gosh, we did pretty well at the U.S. Open, but uh, Australian Open's not going so well. But it's not just on at that level, uh, at every level. College tennis, we are struggling mightily. And uh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble for a lot of reasons. Uh, our kids, if... Uh, all you got to do is be a parent out there taking your kids to the tournament. You're finding out that the uh, ability to send your youngster to, even if they're very, very good and top player in their state, but your ability to send your youngster to a top school or even to a school, even even a D2 school uh, is very, very hard, especially if you're on the, you have a young uh, son. Your daughters even are being overlooked, uh, and it, it's very, very hard to, Find a place for them to go to college and continue. If you are in high school, been regulated or relegated, and uh, could be regulated, regulated, relegated. 
and uh, basically dumbed down to an after-school activity in many activity in many situations. Uh, if you live in a small town out there, there's not much for you to do in the way of playing tennis. Uh, inner city, they've got programs going, but for the small town tennis, and not much. Uh, on the teaching side of it, we just don't have enough people out there that are that are teaching tennis. Most of the teachers out there are. Um, I hate to say, not, but they're professional players or college players whose careers are over and they start teaching in camps and different things and sort of go ahead and teach and uh, we're struggling there. <clears throat> Our organization sort of at odds with each other. And on, on top of this, um, our USTA is absolutely uh, a big brother. Is not just watching us. He's uh, He's basically uh, centralized government of the USTA is actually squeezing us to the place where they're promoting, where the freedom to be a free way of learning is being relegated into these little uh, systems that they're putting together. But I want to read a quote here starting out, and then we'll go. And if you want to call in today, please call in uh, and, and talk. Um, the UR Tennis Network, uh, started by Jason Haynes, is now the Yellow Ball Network, and J.P. Weber is in charge of the Yellow Ball Network. I needed to put that in as we started today, and tomorrow I'll listen to John Denise's uh, program at 5.30 in the evening, but you can get them all on the Yellow Ball Network, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio and uh, uh, follow me, too, at chuckcreasy.net, K-R-I-E-S-E.net. But I want to start with this quote. And you'll, you'll, you'll remember this quote, and you know this quote if you were in civics and uh, history, uh, history classes. So these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service to their country. But he who stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if no so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. And in our eighth grade civics histories classes, uh, we we had to learn this and remember it. And I must uh, I wasn't there that day, but 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 I had to read it today because I did not read it from them. But I always knew of this quote by Thomas Paine. And of course, Thomas Paine's work of common sense. Now, I'm reading that today and talking about freedom. I'm talking about tyranny. And I'm talking about all of those things that we hold so dear and we, we, we know about. And always, as I start my program each week, I talk to you all and I say, stand up, speak out, say those things that need to be said. Darn it, we need everybody to stand up, speak out. <clears throat> Let me tell you what happens to all of us. All of us, a uh, couple, couple things. First of all, 
it's a little bit scary to, uh, if you see something wrong, to say, look, that's wrong. In a restaurant, this week we traveled in our best restaurant we love, and I'll sort of commercial out there I can give. 100% of the time, <clears throat> we've gone into Cracker Barrels, and oh, they're good, aren't they? Aren't they? Oh, and Cracker Barrels, Chick fil A's, Chick fil A's are on top of it, aren't they, compared to fast food? But 100% of the time, um, I've, I've remembered a quote that said, if we're good, tell others. If we're not so good, please tell us. And I always ran my camps that way, too. I used to say, tell tell me if something's wrong. Tell others if you like what we do. And uh, we had to go in and <clears throat> this weekend, uh, first time I've ever gotten bad service at a, at a Cracker Barrel, and I went and saw the manager, and they're on it, and they didn't like it. And I wasn't <clears throat> calling anybody out. They had a problem in the kitchen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But anyhow, anytime you call somebody out, you know, people get afraid. They get afraid because you don't want to act like you're holier than thou. You don't want to put somebody under the gun. Absolutely, positively, we don't want to snitch. It's not about snitching. I always tell my players, we're in a situation. We're in a military college. I tell my players, there is a quote here. It says, uh, a cadet shall not lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate anyone who does. And I always, the players come back and say, boy, coach, what do you do? Bury your head? Do you snitch? We don't want to be a snitch. I said, no. I said, there's always the wimp, the jerk, or the man or woman routine. Number one, the wimp cowers, doesn't do anything. The jerk goes and snitches on the person. You know, you learn in the fourth grade, don't be a snitch. Snitches used to get beat up on the playground. But, you know, it is amazing how some people want you to snitch. It's <laughs> Snitch, baby, snitch, baby, shame on you. Snitch, baby, snitch. There used to be a daggone rhyme, folks, <laughs> with that one. Loaded language. There was something about snitching, about being a snitch baby. Well, I tell the guys, what what is the man thing to do, fellas? What's the man thing to do? No, you go confront that guy who's cheating, and you, you, you pin him and say, look, this is way below your standard, way below your standard. Let's do this right. Come on, man. I, I'm going to hold you accountable. And you go there, and then what do you do if the guy continues to – well, usually people who do wrong things get rooted out. But but the point is, it's not that you're holier than thou. You know, you're, people are afraid, oh, I'm holier than thou. I better not call them out. But, folks, I want to remind you, tolerance is not a virtue. Toler- you tolerate everybody in who they are and where they come from. But you do not have to tolerate bad actions. Do not tolerate bad actions. But how you handle it is not by snitching or putting people back to the car. But there is a time you have to stand up and speak out, say those things that need to be said, but do it. And I always say address issues, not people, and no one can find fault. So here we are. This is the time we, we need for people to stand up and speak out. And what I have found, college coaching, the college coaching arena, folks, this is Year number 40. Now, somehow I have made it to 40 years. Two years as an assistant with Tennessee Tech. 33 years at Clemson. This is my fifth year at the Citadel. I'm so proud to be at such a fantastic institution. But, folks, 40 years. Now, 40 years of doing this. And, uh, you know, I got some skin in the game. And let me tell you, when I say 
that we're struggling in college. We're struggling because I have a long history of knowing what the heck is going on. But the point is, I wish no bad on anybody. I don't want to snitch on anybody, but we need, we have challenges. We need to address them. I could make fun and, and, and say and call people out. I'm not going to call people out, but we need leadership and we need to address issues. And I'm telling you, I've got a history with the USTA. In 1986, I was offered director of player development for the USTA, and I never tell anybody that. I'm saying it now. I was from 1980 to 86. I was U.S. Junior Davis Cup coach for two and a half years. I are two years, and then I, I did, did their camp and helped select them, and then I did USTA stuff, and I did all this. I was offered director of player development. When I turned them down, I wasn't offered many other things, and that's okay. But I understand that organization. I know what is going on inside and out. And before 1986, and they started, and one of the things that happened in 1986 was the fact that they centralized training and government, and all of a sudden it was we need to follow some kind of other path than we are. Before 1986, folks, go back and check it out. We had champion after champion after champion. But what happened, we got a little too smart for our britches. Now, I did not take the job when I was offered that job. I did not take it. I was going to be taking it for the wrong reason, basically glitz and showboat stuff. And I knew I was too young for it, and I knew that I wasn't ready, and my family was breaking apart. I had stuff going on because I just couldn't handle it all, and I was did not take it. And I was taking it for glitz, and I was trying to run from the pressure of college tennis, and I knew I wasn't standing up. And my heart of hearts, it wasn't the right thing, so I didn't take that job. And often I've wondered, why should I? Maybe I should have taken that job. However, I would not have written my books. However, I would not have the family I have now. However, I would not have experienced the many, many things I did. And I know from my heart of hearts I did the right things. But the most important thing I knew inside that whenever you go to work for some kind of a organization, bureaucracy, you end up putting on golden handcuffs, and then you become a pawn for that organization instead of being a pioneer for other things. I'd rather be a pioneer than a pawn 100% of the time. I'd rather be a pioneer that uh, blazes a trail than a pawn who fulfills somebody else's needs and obligations. So I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I don't want to be braggish. I never want to be braggish, but daggone it. It is time for people who have done stuff to stand up and speak out. But let me tell you what happens. Older people, I'm not saying old people like me, because i got a lot of fire in the tank yet. I'm in a uh, you know, state of the mind. I feel really good. I'm going to keep it rolling, folks. Old, older people, though, sort of give up. I cannot tell you how many people I talk about talk to. It just says, oh, just give it up. Oh, my golly, nothing's going to change. Oh, my golly, what do you do? Go play golf. Enjoy life. Well, I am enjoying life. I'm a teacher. This is what I do. I'm enjoying life every day. I don't ever go to work. You know, my twelve or 13,000 days that I've gone to work as a college coach, you know, I absolutely love every day of it. <clears throat> But old people get a, they just don't want to hassle. And to be frank, dude, can I battle a younger person with a computer on ideas? You know, I, I, I'm slow on the uptake. I'm very, very smart once I learn. But by golly, I've always been a slow learner. 
And um, I when I once I and, and folks, I learned my um, the reason I'm smart. Once I learn is that I've I've always used I've always used my loaded language and rhymes. That helps me remember. But I do remember things of importance, and I do know I have history as a college coach. I know what's going on. I'm 47 years now in tennis. I'm 55 years in sports. I'm four, actually more than that. I'm 47 years teaching tennis, 55 years playing tennis. I am about 60 years in sports. And folks, I've been there. I've done that. I know what's going on, and it's not in an arrogant way. I'm telling you. I'm just saying, me and you, those folks out there, you guys who've been doing this and have done this. You have an obligation to stand up, speak out, and the good Lord is not done with you yet, Susie and Bubba. I'm telling you, the good Lord is not done with you yet. But what happens, old people usually give up. Young people are afraid. I remember when I was coming up, I was 28, 29 years old, and I was asked to be in the ITA, and I was a secretary of the I Intercollegiate Tennis Coaches Association, Intercollegiate Tennis Coaches Association used to be the ITCA, and I was a hot young coach. And you know what? I was put in there because they thought I would be a good pawn who could be molded. I was in there five or six or seven years, and then they sort of pushed me out because same old deal. Deal to be a company man. You're in the in crowd of the company, and you're always going to cruise at 55 to 72 miles an hour without any problems but the deal is is i you know again you have to you get you have to sort i'm not saying you have to sell your soul but you basically have to take on a company posture if you want you know and 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 again again this is the same deal as if you look out there do you believe in the sovereign sovereignty of the united states or do you believe in are you a globalist ask yourself that question do you believe in the sovereignty of the united states tennis or do you believe it is a globalist organization do you believe in capitalism or socialism do you believe that people should stand up speak out and have the right and freedom to do so or do you believe the government should take care of you and it's very easy dennis prager the other day, I'm, I, I was just flipping channels, but I heard him the other day on the radio, and he said it's very simple to figure out the difference between social uh, the leftists, the left people, socialists in our country, and the people who believe the United States is a sovereign and free country. The socialists believe, hey, please take care of me when you can, government, and please take care of everybody else. It's your job, whereas a person who is a independent person who believes United States American capitalism says, you know what? I will take care of myself and I will help everybody else that needs help whenever I can. And I am absolutely positively true in telling you folks that I would rather push a bean up a mountain with my nose than to take something from someone that I did not work for or don't deserve. Because it has no value, no value. And uh, as I read Thomas Paine's quote here, it said, you know, what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. 
How many times have I said on this program, easy to pick up is easy to put down. Hard to pick up is hard to put down. We have something of great, great value in the United States. Tennis, uh, United States of America, tennis, our freedom and everything, and no one owns tennis. If you ask USTA people, do you own tennis? They say, absolutely not. We don't own tennis. But folks, their actions don't speak it. They think they own tennis. ITA, Interlegion Tennis Association, if you ask them, do you own college tennis? They'd say, no, but they absolutely, their actions, they act like they own college tennis. Old people don't care. Or they're worn out. Or they're saying, oh, I can't do anything about it. Young people, young people are afraid. In my 20s, I was afraid. I really was. And then you basically understand you want to be part of a company something or you want to stand up, speak out. You want to be the person you can be and you're supposed to be. Middle-aged, so that leaves the middle-aged coaches. Our coaches have been there. They just got good jobs. They're in one of the five major conferences. They're making a bunch of money. They basically have on the golden handcuffs. Now, look, you could have the golden handcuffs on if you are a high school coach out there, folks. If you're a high school coach and you're just sort of settled in, cruising, you realize I can't do anything about it, the centralized government or education, education programs, the Board of Education dictates everything. I'm not allowed to use my creativity. We have our systems. We have our rules, regulations, all this. I can't do this. This is about where I'm at. By the way, I'm coaching tennis. Kids don't care. If you're at that place, folks, you're, you're done. You're done. You basically are putting in your time, and, you know, you could just put a mannequin in there for you, and you're basically done. And, and uh, you know, you, you need to take, take a good look. Anyhow, we, we, we are at this place now, and I, my show today is about stand up and save our sport. And that was my intro. And I will be right back with American Tennis, and this is Coach Chuck Creasy. Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and folks, go to ChuckCreasy.net. And folks, do you know that I am the only person in the whole wide world out there that knows and teaches momentum control tactics for your tennis game, for your business, for whatever you are working on? I know the eight secrets to momentum control. Folks, I started working on this in 1979. Go to ChuckCreasy.net. I'll come and teach your folks, your coaches, your players, your business associates, momentum control. It is the most powerful force in sports, and it's the most important secret that is not anywhere else out there that you need to know. 
ChuckCreasy.net. when it comes to United States tennis. And by golly, if you ask everybody around you at your clubs and everybody around you on your teams, they are too. And we will take help from anywhere and we will help anybody else out there, but this is the United States of America. And I'm Coach Chuck Creasy and this is American Tennis. We need to stand up and save our sport. As I gave my intro... I w- and then I went to the commercials. I was thinking, folks, I said, you know, and, and I've often thought about this. How in the world and how have you ever thought about this? How in the world did our 13 colonies, our 13 colonies take on and defeat the mightiest, the mighty, mighty British? And how did we defeat them and gain our independence? It is the biggest miracle of any conquest out there it, it, it is it is just unbelievable but have you ever thought how in the world did everybody get united what what I, come on we didn't have internet we didn't have social media we didn't even have mail that was faster than two weeks three weeks to go from one point to another how did they ever get organized you know as, as i ask you this I'm saying with all the social media we have and everything we have, should we be able to get organized? Should we be able to run organizations that are that are smooth moving, that, that take care of the our needs and stuff? Well, you need different things. You need different things. And as I told you, you might have great ideas. You might this might really tick you off that college tennis is dying on the vine. That might tick you off that high school tennis and Small-town tennis is not what it should be. It might tick you off that USTA basically is smothering and, and just as a bureaucracy is just they're, they're dying in their own track. They don't understand why something that big and that mechanized continues to fail time after time after time when it comes to developing people to the 90th and 100th percent. Oh, they're great at getting people to the 80% point, but – Show me where they've been successful other than a couple times. Haven't been. Can't be. You know why, folks? Because they don't get the heart to the heart of the athlete. A bureaucracy cannot. They can set up systems, but they never incentivize. Bureaucracies can set up systems and put out programs, but they do not inspire. 
Bureaucracies can touch the outside of a person, outside of an athlete, give them all of the how-to, how-to, how-to all day long, but they will never figure out why, why a person does things and be able to nurture that. In order to do that, you have to get past the cliches and the facts and just simple, simple uh, beliefs of opinion. You have to coach the heart of the person. You've got to get to the heart and to the soul of the individual. And you know what? That's dangerous. That's dangerous. And guess what? Even by, by policy now in education, are, are, do you really believe in our Board of Educations? And do you really believe the USTA? And do you believe that these bureaucracies that we have out there really want you to coach the heart of a person or to coach the soul of a person? No, they're saying hands off. Don't, don't, don't mess with that. It's too dangerous. You, you might uh, hurt the person. You might do this. You might do that. Most importantly, the reason socialism fails is because, folks, that it does not go to the heart of things. But more importantly, the, the very, very perverted reason that socialism is so bad is because they want to control that heart and the soul of a person with their beliefs and the bureaucratic beliefs. And they reward and, and actually help you if you believe in what they believe. And the quickest way to get tossed out of a socialistic or uh, an overly uh, overly regulated and, and an organization like the USDA, just disagree with them. So, yeah, you disagree with them. But remember, folks, very, very dangerous. You disagree with them. Look, I've been in those organizations. Not only was I for six years one of the hotshot coaches and up-and-comers, and I chose to walk away from them. I chose it. Also, I was on the United States Tennis Association Junior Committee. I gave my services for two years, and we got some fancy meals and some trips here and there, which, you know, who who wants to travel at this stage in life for just hocus-pocus stuff? But the bottom line on the thing, they didn't like, they didn't like what I had to say, and uh, I was pushed out, and that's okay, you know, but it's, it's – uh, the thing is, they sure didn't make an ally. They could have had me as an ally. They'd listened, and if they'd given it any credence, people like me and, and older people and people who really care are, are, are pushed out. And that's okay because I don't want to be – in the end of the day, if you seek the approval of fools, the best you can ever have is the approval of fools. If you climb to the top of the, top of the dung heap at the end of the day, you're just – looking around at you-know-what all around you. I told a good friend this morning, I said, this is what we gain in this world. We all try to fight for some kind of status, but in the end it ends up in boxes in the garage, and in the end I want it all burnt when I die. I don't want my family to have to look at that crud. The bottom line, it's all about the people that you, you touch, the people you teach, the people that you – the lessons that people learn from being around your program and, and uh, you know, and all of those wonderful virtues that we try to instill through sports. But I've often get back to the <laughs> Patriots and 13 colonies, so widely divided by culture, by beliefs, by all of these things, not by religion. Have you ever thought the United States of America was formed because of religious freedom pretty much 
and it has thrived. South America didn't thrive as much, and I don't want to just say there was no religious freedom, but basically, do you remember Cortez, Cortez and the conquistadors? They went into South America, and they went out. What were they searching for? You know, gold and stuff. And I'm, I'm just saying the United States was formed for religious freedom, then they had this wonderful, wonderful situation where we had these good and learned men and brave, brave, brave people like George Washington that signed away. He was signing a death pact to him and his whole, all of his history and heritage if he failed. And, and just think of these patriots that we had that had to stand up to tyranny. They would rather have death than to be ruled by tyranny. And, and we are at a time right now, I'm telling you folks, we are at a time where we need to stand up and speak out. But there's two things that united, and I want to make this point, that united the United States of America in its fight against the British. And yeah, we had the Tories. We had some people that didn't buy in and some people that wanted to stay loyal to the king. But you, but you, for the most part, there was a spirit, number one, there was a spirit and a cause that was universal. You know, the people finally had been messed with enough, and they said, enough, enough. I've had enough. And it must have been, the oppression must have been throughout the 13 colonies so bad to where people who had tasted freedom without much regulation, they probably they said, you know what, I would rather die than have this. You know, I do not want to be regulated and dictated to, and my freedom's taken away, and I would rather almost have death than non-freedom. Folks, I would rather have death than to not have freedom, to to, to be a coach the way I want to coach. And, and I'm telling you that from the bottom of my heart. And I've often thought, do I just need to get out of this? And let's, You know, I love baseball now a lot because my son's in it. Maybe I need to sink all my energies into baseball. But USTA, if you guys are listening to this, if you're smart, you're listening to my shows. If you're not, if you're smart and not arrogant, you want to know what the other side thinks. And I don't have to be on the other side. You guys, I don't have to be on the other side of you. Do you know that? I, you know, I believe, I look, I've got many of my players have risen in the ranks there, not by magic. But they've risen in the ranks. We got people. I love the people over there, but I hate what bureaucracies do when they get out of control and the leadership takes them in the wrong direction. And in the bottom line here, I, I don't. I, you don't want to lose people like you don't want to lose people like a daggone Robert Lansdorp, Wayne Bryant, Jack Sharp. Where do I want to go? Frank Salazar. Frank Salazar. You guys tired of stealing his players? Are you guys tired? Five players now that he brought up that are great players. And, yeah, he went out in private coaching. Yeah, and he needed to. He needed to. Enough is enough. But, folks, you don't need to lose the good people. You need to inspire the good people, USTA. But it must have been a lot like that, Team Colonies. But what happened was that we had a guy named Thomas Paine write a long, long uh, document called Common Sense. Common Sense. And it was published all around the 13 colonies. And praise the Lord that it was. Because as I read that now, 
I'm wondering how many people are really can focus for long enough to read that 30 or 45 minute document and to really digest what he has to say. It's in four parts. Read it. Digest it. Does it look similar to what's going on? And what's going on when you give leadership to, to people who do not understand the importance of freedom? But common sense did it. And then after that, of course, we had the First Continental Congress, and we got people together and constitute convention and, you know, all of the things they did to get together. They, they said enough is enough. I think it wasn't John Hancock. I think it was John Adams. And who was the writer? Dang it. Hint. The person who really was the great writer put everything out. But, but we had these great patriots. And, uh, oh, golly, but then they brought it together and they got their leader, George Washington, and all of those guys who signed the Declaration of Independence, if they lost, they were going to all be killed for treason. If they lost, their families were all going to lose too forever. And if they lost, but they got to the place where they just said the cause is, is this important. But the other thing was what I just read you, Thomas Paine, and this was right before Valley Forge, or at Valley Forge when everybody, Washington's army was about ready to give up, and he had people wanting to desert, and he had to cross to Delaware. On Christmas Eve, he caught the Hessians, which was hired by the British, he caught him, and it was one of Washington's big, big victories. Now, wait a minute. Think about it. George Washington. I think he was only three, nine, and one, folks. <laughs> and he, but he won the big one, and he won that and Yorktown, and I, and I, that was in Trenton, and then he won Yorktown, and which was the big one that closed the Revolutionary War. But folks, think about the power of the pen and Thomas Paine. So I believe in the power of the pen. I believe in the power of the, this radio, and I believe in the power of media. And I believe that in the end, you have to come to grips with yourself. If you're listening to this program, you love tennis. You love the United States of America. If you don't love the United States of America and don't love tennis, you're probably not going to listen to my programs. But the bottom line on the thing is that you have to go back home, and you have to to, to become very, very – introspective and think about what this is all about for you and your children and your family. And if you just say, hey, it's not that important, you're wrong. It's extremely important. It's extremely important. We have to fight against tyranny. We must fight against those things that are wrong in our sport. We Reject, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God, Thomas Jefferson quote. Resistance to tyranny. And, folks, if you don't think we have tennis tyranny, you need to think again. We've got tennis tyranny going on. The USTA thinks that they own tennis. The USTA right now is, is right in their own muck. They are, have millions and millions. They hit the jackpot as they have all this money from the U.S. Now, wait a Why does USTA get all of the money for the United States Open? Do they own the U.S. Open? Why do they get all the money? But with all that money, they pretty much are like a well-oiled army. And one of my good friends told me yesterday, he said, I feel like we are just people on 
horseback without even an army with just wooden spears that we are fighting and we're making these charges, charge of the light brigade type things against this well-oiled army. And I said, but in the end, do we not want to do this? In the end, folks go out and see uh, the movie on Winston Churchill, The Darkest Hour. And the beautiful thing was when it all turned is when he said, in the end, what will we have? In the end, if we surrender and give up, what will we have? What will we do? What will that kind of life be? Wouldn't we rather fight? And, and uh, you, folks, this is the time to stand up and to speak out and to do those things. Now, I have not outlined everything. I've only got a few minutes left in the program today. Uh, this basically is a pep talk today. I wanted to tell you, let me tell you the things that I really, really want. And if USTA would come through this, you know, if they did, hey, give me a call, USTA. Hey, I got 47 years. Don't you want to know what 47 years of tennis teacher has learned? Hey, my girl just won. She's in the third round of the Australian Open. Luxica Kumkum. Oh, Luxica, way to go, girl. And I had, I had like five or six Thai kids for a couple of years that I spent so much time with, but she's one of our girls. Luxica started working with her. She was about 14 or 15. Boy, she, could she... Could she hit the ball? Wow. But she couldn't make balls. Folks, you know I made her hit cross courts only. I did not let her go down the line for one year. She went from like 700 in ITF to 43 in a year. Didn't let her go down the line once. The bottom line on the thing was, folks, USTA, you should want to know about that. Hey, you know what? USTA guys, you know my, I coached four grand, my other Thai girl won four grand slams. Four. I've coached in the finals of nine Grand Slams. I, I won four. Help, my girl won four Grand Slams, little Thai girl. When has that ever happened? USTA, you need to know what I know, or at least ask me. I'm not being arrogant or braggish, but you need to know what Wayne Bryan knows. What other father has done that well with his children? You need to know what Pat, Her- well, Pat Harrison. You need to know what Pat Harrison knows with his children. USTA, you need to know what Jack Sharp, Robert Lansdorf, Robert Lansdorf, are you kidding me? You, you need to, and, and, and why, why you guys do not use your best resources in coaching? Why do you go out, USTA, and hire international foreign coaches who look slick and fast, and they look like they got some kind of a magic bullet? instead of using your own resources. Do you think that inspires anyone? Let me tell you real quick, folks, what I want. Here's my end goal. I want deregulation. I want deregulation from the USTA. I want you to dump your, your need to control every daggone thing that happens. I want the USTA to shrink its player development and start empowering local coaches. You guys who are doing player development, Good for you. You might have been to the magic show or the circus a few times, but when it comes down to inspiring people, you better figure out how to do it because your track record just ain't good. For 30 years, since 1986, you guys have not shown anything. Boy, that I'll tell you what, that's not, it ain't the way to do it. I want, I want freedom for the workers, the coaches, and the volunteers, USTA, to go out and daggone it, be able to run tournaments, inspire kids, and coach kids 
without having to get your big brother, I'm watching you, magic chip in their shoulder or I, without your daggone tattoo all over them. I want freedom for college tennis to thrive again. Deregulation. I want the ITA to get the heck out of college. Just you go back and be a support organization that you are. Folks, I want high school and small town tennis. High school and small town tennis the, the, or the sleeping giants to to emerge again and, and to to get people motivated and stimulated. I want our sport to be hard to play, hard to pick up, hard to put down, but respected the same way that an orchestra, playing an instrument in an orchestra or a violin, this is not the band. This is an orchestra. We will make bands out of an orchestra. I want participation to separate from performance goals. Why can't you understand that, guys? There's a difference between participation and performance goals. We need deregulation. We need people. But most of all, USTA, ITA, don't ever forget this. Number one people, okay, hire number ones. Two, hire threes. You got a lot of number threes and fours working for you. Now, here's the other deal. Here's the other deal. The key to power is empowering those under you. The key to leadership is making leaders out of people underneath you. It is not about systems. It is not about flaunting how much money you got, how good you are. You got the answers to everything. All you've done is screw things up. We are the United States of America, folks. We are not a third world country. Why are we acting like a third world country when it comes to what we can do with our athletes? It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that we have so little to show for so much spent and so much energy given in the amount of talent that we have wasted in college tennis, in a junior tennis in this country, it is shameful. Yeah, that's what I want. But it starts with deregulation and it starts with some other things. Most of all, folks, you listening to us out there today, you know what it starts with? It starts with you. Stand up. Speak out. You want to help out? Contact me. This is Chuck Creasy. Go to chuckcreasy.net. But my email is chuckcreasy at gmail.com. Chuckcreasy at gmail.com. You want to get on the Patriot, the Tennis Patriot bandwagon? If you want to, if you want to be a part of this movement, get a hold of me. I'm doing it. I've had enough. I'm going to tell you next week the whole story about what pushed my button just about a week and a half ago. And folks, they should not have made me an enemy. Not after 47 years, but right now I am their enemy. God bless each and every one of you, and we will be back next week on American Tennis, and this is Coach Chuck Creasy.
process of winning or losing every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or a loss, folks. God bless each and every one of you. And go out and help that kid that's in front of you today. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.